Hi and welcome back to the Village Trader Podcast. I'm your host in Jabulun Saband. This podcast is aimed at helping new and experienced tra- traders navigate the market and learn from other traders. This is episode number 51. Our guest today has requested to remain anonymous, so I'll refer to him with his Twitter handle at HowToTradeEssay. So spelled how underscore to underscore trade underscore essay. Um, he's the founder of Stocks Picks Essay. Um, Stocks Pick Essay is a platform hi- for highly skilled and trusted stock pickers and technical analysts um, to share trading ideas, tips, charts, and opinions with the community. Only chosen few, uh, only a chosen and few and pro proven few allowed to publish on the platform. Um, man, thank you, thank you very much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, thank you for bringing us your time, man. Can you take us through the the journey that brought you into the financial markets? Yeah, sure. Um, pretty much got started at like a young age, uh, I think about 14 years old. Um, I had like savings in a standard bank um, bank account, you know, from like pocket money and such things. And uh, like my granddad was, a, he always like had a saying um, that he, he makes, he lets his money work for him. Um, and so, yeah, I've always, that's kind of always gripped me. I'm like, okay, you can make money work for you. Um, and then so he was, he had, he had invested in a few stocks, um, and companies. And, uh, I think, I don't know how it came about, but I, I just decided I'm going to move all that savings into, uh, Satchix 40. Um, and yeah, and I think like it doubled in two years or something. Um, and so at that point, then it was just, uh, from there onwards, it was like, yeah, I've got to be in stocks. And, uh, yeah, I've just been learning and learning and uh, learning as I go and uh, getting involved in, you know, different things. Yeah, it sounds like you had a great granddad there introducing to uh, introducing you to the market. Was the, um, that Citrix for to trade, um, you know, did you take an investment approach to it or um, it was a, a trading approach to it? Uh, an investment approach, uh, certainly like hundred percent. Um, yeah, I just put all the money in to that ETF, and it's like it's not like back then there was nice platforms like Easy Equities, where opening an account is so simple and um, and that kind of stuff. It's it like had to be done via my parents and something, so they just organized it. I think they use CompuShare, mm-hmm. which I think Easy Equities uses in the background anyway. Um, but yeah, so CompuShare, uh, yeah, so that was, but it was definitely very much investment. Mm, yeah, no, no stop loss, no uh, <laughs> target hit, yeah, no, just put in the money and then yeah. trust that it goes up. Yeah, and after how long did you, did you um, choose to pivot into, into trading the markets as, as distinct to investing? And what was the... Uh, uh, the catalyst to the change? Um, I, I would say it was like later on during like university years um, where, you know, I, I had a bit of money and I was thinking like, 
I guess the investment approach has always served me well. So I've always been 100% behind investing, like long-term, medium-term stuff. Um, then trading, you know, that was in like, I suppose, yeah, end of end of university, start of working where you come, get into a bit of money and you think, yeah, let me uh, expedite my gains. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, certainly it sounds really good uh, at the start, um, but it sometimes expedites your losses. <laughs> um, so yeah, you get you burn your hands uh, when you get into trading uh, from investing. So uh, yeah, you lose a lot of money, you know. But those are lessons you learn, um, I think. And then uh, yeah, so I think it's an important step to take, but uh, um, sometimes. Like for me, I've gone back into investing. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I don't trade anymore. Like, so I think that it was an important step, but yeah, I'm not a trader anymore. No, okay, got you, got you. And um, uh, can you take me through your, 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 your uh, um, uh, you know, I was going to say your trading approach, but your investment approach um, to the markets and what are you looking for in, in, in stocks or ETF um, for you to consider them a buy? Uh, trends. I'm looking at trends. Like I only look at trends. So yeah, there's different, you know, uh, tactics you can use. So like swing trading, where people are looking for the highs, and they wanted to revert to the mean and such. But I'm looking really longer term for mm-hmm. investments. So I'm looking for. I'm. I don't. I don't. Obviously, I don't look at fundamentals at all. No news, at all. <laughs> I don't know what the company does. Sometimes. Like I like to keep abreast of news, but again, that's it's not required at all with my approach. I'm looking for higher highs and higher lows. Simple as that. Mm. I'm looking at moving averages that are pointing up. I'm looking at the 50 MA, like that's my preferred moving average. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm looking at like other people have their own different one. For me, it's the 50 moving 50 day moving average, simple moving average. And it needs to be above the 200-day moving average. So it's like a checklist. Uh, so mm-hmm. I say high highs and high lows. Um, this is, I, I sometimes do, I give tips about going short and stuff. Uh, but I'm probably I'm probably not going to be entering those type of trades. But yeah, if I want to go short, I want to trade, I'll also be looking for lower lows and lower, high, lower lows and lower highs. And I'll be looking for um, a 50 moving average breaking below the 200-day moving average. Um, so that's that's called a death cross. Um, and then positively, it's called a golden cross when that happens. Mm-hmm. That's the checklist, uh, your high highs and high lows. And when I say high highs and high lows, it kind of corresponds with um, your, tr- your technical patterns. So uh, for example, like double, uh, double tops, uh, triple tops, uh, double bottoms, triple bottoms, you're kind of looking at the resistance and support lines. And if the support, and when I say resistance and support, I'm mainly looking at horizontal mm-hmm. resistance and supports. Um, so yeah, so basically with a, any of these technical patterns, like another one I like is the cup and handle, um, which is kind of, you can't have a cup and handle without having an ascending triangle. Um, it's pretty much part and parcel of it. Mm-hmm. And 
with these kind of patterns, it ties into my trend analysis approach. So if I see this pattern and I see the overriding trend is also in the same direction that this pattern is pointing, then it's bang, I've got to lock this in. Yeah. And so my end, okay, mm -hmm. go ahead. Sorry, sorry, continue. Now, my entry is pretty much um, around the technical pattern itself. So a breakout of a technical pattern. Um, but my whether I'm going to uh, looking at an entry um, or whether I'm considering the stock is whether it's trending up. So if no. it's trending, I'll be looking to enter. The technical pattern will tell me when to enter. Oh, okay, got you. And how much do you do, how much room do you give do you do you, do you, do you give a stock to run against you? Um, you know, especially considering that you you trading or investing as it were with a longer term with a longer term view. I give it a lot a lot of room. So one guy that I like to that I, I kind of learned a lot from is trading with Rainer. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a Singapore based trader. And he kind of introduced me to proper trend following. He's, he's got a trend following guide. And he was saying, only set your stops um, at, at a point where you are certain the trade has failed or certain the investment has failed. Um, so that for me, that just, that'll go against my approach. So if there's a lower low and a lower high, um, in the stock that I entered to go, that, that I'm expecting to go up, that mm -hmm. would be where I'll set my, my stop loss. So at the previous, so I'm looking at um, a lower low. So what does, I look at the chart and I see where was the previous low and I set my stop slightly below that. No, got you. Yeah, in many ways, where we have we have a a a, a, sim, a similar approach. Do you do you place your stops in in in, in the markets, or um, you know, it's almost like a, a you know a, a mental stop that you execute on the close. Uh, it's kind of like a, a mental stop. I don't put it in in the market uh, because I can't. Uh, I think Easy Equities does not have that. Uh, Easy Equities is the only platform I used, uh, I used to use uh, GTX, uh, was it GT247, um, was, uh, main reason I chose them was because they're cheap, uh, their trading fees are cheap. Um, so, so yeah, to answer your question, it's not in the market, but what I do have, and I'm going to punt one of my, another one of my projects here, is a site called trademate.co.za, and that's pretty much a trading journal uh, that I've, I've built primarily for my own use, but I've made it available to anyone who wants to use it. And um, on that site, I set my stop um, and, and for each trade. So every single trade I make is based on that trading journal. Mm -hmm. I put it in that journal. I, I, all my planned trades, my entered trades and completed trades and past trades. Um, when I say past, I skip them because they haven't met the criteria. Mm -hmm. Um, are all in that system, and whenever I log into it, um, the, I can get a current view of all the positions I'm in. Uh, so similar to when you enter your your like us, your trading account, um, you'll see your exposure, your how much it's gained or lost, profit and loss. Um, but I also have a column there for stop loss, and then uh, basically, if the price, the current price, is below the stop loss, it'll be red. 
It'll look mm-hmm. like the um, entry will look red, and I'll know I have to get out of it. But yeah, that's you, you, the discipline and the trading psychology comes in. When you see that red on that trade, you, you still, you know, somewhere in the back of your mind, your mind you think, <laughs> oh no, hold on to it a little bit. Um, <laughs> it might just pop up now. But you, as you know, and you pointed out earlier today on Twitter, you just got to cut your loss, cut your losses. Um, because once it's gone, it's out your mind. Yeah. You, know, you can just move forward. Um, you know it's failed because you set your stop where it would fail. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, back to that trading psychology and uh, the discipline. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, speaking of discipline, because, you know, uh, I, w- I would imagine uh, um, th- that kind of approach w- w- with regards to stops, it requires an immense amount of discipline. And, you know, thing with discipline, once you have it, you don't no longer need it. Were well, times where um, you did lack the discipline and, you know, the system told you to exit the position and you didn't. Uh, um, and and what were the lessons that you learned from that from from those episodes? Did you take a, a huge loss from from you know not respecting a stop in that regard, or or if ever if if you, if you ever had? Yeah, well, I've taken losses uh, certainly much bigger than I expected. So you set your limit of what you want to <laughs> lose on a trade, and yeah, you can lose sometimes. Um, you know three or four or five times that uh, when you don't respect it. And that's happened to me not 10 times, you know, so it's not a, a <laughs> 10 bagger. But, um, yeah, it has been, uh, uh, yeah, losses. And you learn, you burn, you know, that's it. That's burning your, your hands. Um, but the discipline, I, I, I still struggle with it. Um, I should be closing. I like right now. I have a few stocks or entries, um, or trades that are that are in that journal that are red um, that I should exit. And you're reminding me this now because it's US. It's US uh, stocks, and I'm just thinking, oh, something's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I don't need to exit this trade, but you, I should. So uh, after this, I'm going to be exiting. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, my my thing with with. Uh, uh, um uh, you know, with taking stops, especially when you know, emotionally or, or, or you know mentally you don't feel like them, or you, you still somehow think or believe um, a stock would recover, is that you know I don't have to lose any more money to find out if the stock is going to recover. If it does, great, I'll just jump back in. If it doesn't, well, I don't, I didn't have to lose uh, much more, much more capital, and you know, staying staying with that theme, uh, um, do you have any memorable? Uh, uh, worst trades uh, that really, really hurt your pocketbook um, and, and get, I suppose your mental capital as well. Uh, um, and get, you know, what did you learn from those trades? Yeah, so I got one um, one that really changed my approach in a big way was Sanyati. Um, it's delisted now, um, but I was in it uh, before it uh, Got, well, it's not even delisted. What is it? Uh, it got suspended, yeah. Oh, okay. It got suspended. Um, so I was in it uh, not for like a huge amount, but at the time, just at the end of Varsity, you know, you have a certain, a little bit of money and you're like thinking, oh, well, this has to double. And uh, no, I lost it all because uh, it got suspended. Uh, yeah, it was a, a heavy construction company. And uh, that was a time when the, I think... The president, uh, not sure which one it was, probably Zuma, said um, 
now there's going to be one trillion rand invested in uh, you know construction and infrastructure in the country. And then you think that was when I was not purely technical. I was thinking of uh, I was just I don't know naive, and I thought, okay, yes, that must mean that this heavy construction company is going to make money. <laughs> And uh, lo and behold, like three months later, no, the share suspended, you leave with nothing. Um, yeah, so that was a big, a big loss. Um, not a huge loss for in terms of monetary, but a big, uh, I think, a big lesson learned and an important lesson learned for me and my, the way, my approach is 100% don't trust fundamentals. Uh, don't <laughs> ever make it as based on fundamentals, uh, use the chart, uh, or there's more information in the price because it's a market of people, you know, choosing, free, they're free to choose whether they want to go long or short. Um, and that's all the information you need. Or yeah. I need. Yeah. Yourself? Yeah. Uh, um, I, I, I don't have uh, a, a big loss, especially at least not in recent times. I, I remember do taking a 100% loss on... A, a USD, I think it was a USD JPY trade. Um, you know, I took I took it on a fundamental view. Really, at that time, I was just you know, uh, as you as you pointed out, badly naive. Um, uh, I was trading the economic data. Uh, uh, you know how you'd have you know how you'd have a a, a previous uh, number expected and and with like. A, and a, you know a previous number expected and the actual actual one with numbers like uh, uh, NFP and CPI and, and and those sort of numbers. So I used to trade those and um, I took the trade. It, it went against me and I, I I you know naively told myself that the, the fundamentals were solid and the the um the news that came up were, were quite bullish. I kept on adding in, into a loss um, until you know that dreaded margin call. And I, I, I've never since taken a, a, a big loss. Uh, and my worst trade was, you know, worse in terms of how I managed the trade, not not in terms of how it had the pocketbook. And do you still uh, trade on fundamentals a little bit? No, 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 no. I, I'm a 100% technical, um, a 100% technical analysis now. And mainly because um, fundamentals just tell you what has happened. Um, you know, and technical technicals tell me what is what is happening right now, and then at least, um, you know, if I know what's happening right now, uh, I can make a a, a reasonable, um, you know, probable bet, uh, based on what's happening right now with with uh, you know the expected outcome of what's going to happen into the future. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and uh, what about your best trade? Or at least your most profitable trade. Um, yeah. See, that's <laughs> it. Uh, I've got a few best trades that are yeah, are not profitable, but that you are for the most profitable. Um, so uh, I've got a list of them because um, all, all my trades are recorded in the journal, um, so I have to check it now. <laughs> um, so bear with me. Uh, so. Um, I do have, you know, uh, trades or invest. Uh, Sorry, man. I'm killing this. <laughs> Not um, a problem. 
My best one would be just a long-term trade in Satchix World. The Satchix mm -hmm. World ET. Um, yeah, uh, it's just under doubled. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And what was the, the, the holding period and uh, the, 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 the analysis that triggered, that triggered you into the trade? Uh, still holding, um, so it's uh, the whole time hold it, held it for 878 days. Um, yeah, uh, the analysis, this is more obviously an investment um, than analysis was uh, trending up. Um, you know, if the stock is going up, I'm buying it. Um, <laughs> Got you, got you. I and mean, I always tell my son that uh, if the market is going up, we buy. If it stops and starts going down, we just you know sit and wait and wait on the sidelines. Um, and uh, uh, your 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 holding period with with regards to to uh, winning winning positions seems to be quite long. Um, how does it contrast with with uh, um, you know your losses? Um. Yeah, I think they're much shorter my losses, the holding period. Um, uh, although, that being said, I'm looking at a few now. Um, there was one that was 539 days, another one 356, another one 291. But the majority of them, I'd say, are under 30. Um, just scrolling down here, yeah, under 30 days. Um, so, yeah, majority of them under 30. Oh, okay, now got you. And and what what is your approach to risk and risk management? And um, if you could take me through your 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 position your position size strategy. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I, my strategy is based on how much capital you have uh, in the in the account. Mm -hmm. So I kind of split it into three accounts. So if it's an offshore account, it has its own separate capital. Mm -hmm. If it's a local account, um, it has its own separate capital that you can't combine the two and make a trade based on it. They're separate. And I would take 1% um, as my risk. So what I'm willing to risk on the trade, 1% and lower, I'd never go, uh, I never go higher than, uh, than that. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just probability. The lower, the higher that amount you're willing to risk, the more chance you go bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was uh, it's a code on market visits that, um, you know, if you, you can risk 1%, you can risk 2 you can risk 5 um, But you better realize that if you, the higher you go, the more volatile the results are going to be. And... More importantly, uh, you know, the higher you go, the the uh, you know the less likely it is that you will survive the the clusters of of losing trades. Exactly, that's spot on. Yeah, that's spot on, and it's also kind of I was thinking about some trades traders I see on Twitter that um, like retail traders they haven't been in the game that long, but they post their gains. You know, they mm -hmm. they like they've lucked out on a trade, like they bought it at the rock bottom price. In other words, they haven't entered the trade where we've seen evidence of that it's going to go up. Mm -hmm. They've entered the trade where it's just hit a lower low, for example, and they've just taken you know a luck approach and they put some money in, and then it's rocketed like five hundred percent, and then they'll post that, and then people <laughs> see that, and then they think now. <laughs> 
okay, let me risk my whole account on this, on like an obscure share that is just posted at lower low. And I think I don't want that to happen because I know you, you know that, uh, <laughs> that it's, you can't really stop it because people get enticed by the, the big games, you know, the guys that have made, you know, 50 times what they could have. Um, but I think there's something to be, I mean, you know, you know yourself that these things are very rare and it's, it's hard to call bottoms and tops. Um, yeah. So just it's, it's luck. Um, and that's not something I base, I think anyone should base their trading on. Yeah. You know, um, you know, a lot of traders and a lot of people generally, um, you know, discount the, the role luck plays in, you know, in individual trades, um, as it were. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think people discount the role luck has in, on, on trades? Um, I think because they haven't made enough. They haven't, they haven't, um, uh, they haven't made enough trades, the volume of trades. Like, I, I feel like you need to make and record a hundred of your trades um, to kind of have a, better view of the data um yeah uh, i don't know if i'm answering your question are you yeah. saying they are they are when they discount luck they think that luck doesn't play a, a role in their trading um, no it certainly does yeah but i think on the long term it doesn't it has less of an effect yeah yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent, and 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 I think what you, what like your answer was quite spot on. That um, you know, it's it's that's generally because that the the sample size of trades isn't enough. You know, if if you like he three times in a row, you think that's the that's how the market works. Um, where else if you you can't be you can't have like you can't be that like and hit, and hit a hundred in a row. I suppose you can, but the probability of that happening is quite low. Um, so you, you you're quite right that you know if if if, if traders would have uh, uh, a decent uh, uh, enough sample size, you know between at least a hundred to two hundred um, trades, they would understand the 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 role luck has in in the markets. And you know I completely agree with you that you know in the short term on individual trade on individual trades, sure luck has. Uh, quite a role to play, but you know, in the long term, luck has has very little to do to to um to do with it. Yes. Um, you know, uh, you know, speaking speaking of 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 that, what's what's uh one advice when you first heard it at the time, you, you thought it was a great advice, but now with at least with the benefit of hindsight and you know being older and wiser. You actually realized it was it was a really really bad advice, and what were the behaviors and habits you developed as a result of uh, of that advice, and how did you? What's the process you undertook to correct and unlearn that uh, um, those those habits and behaviors? Uh, diversification. Um, so, the that's it. That's what all the investors and, and you know all the asset managers and I think. I think, my, I think it was my dad who said, "Yo, you got to diversify. Have a have a, a basket of various, you know, uh, you know, ten percent or whatever, or five percent of twenty different uh, companies, and and that lowers your risk." And uh, and uh, you know, when I first heard that, I was like, "Yes, certainly, you, you have to. I mean, um, 
you need to lower your risk. And so if one company goes, goes bang, then uh, you can, the other, the other companies or the other commodities, whatever you're investing or trading in, uh, will make up for that loss. Um, but now as I get, as I age, um, I realize that diversification is, it's a scam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You don't, you don't need to diversify. You don't need to put um, a certain, you know, you don't have to split your uh, your capital up into, you know, a, a different sectors, mining, you know, health, uh, retail, um, coal, etc. You've got to follow the market. Um, you've got to follow the market. So uh, if oil is not doing well, <laughs> do not put your money into Cecil. Um, that is simple. Um, yeah, I think to a certain extent, diversification is among winners. Diversification is good because they're all winning, right? <laughs> but you don't want to diversify and put some money in and lose it. Yeah, so, and the corrective actions I've taken, I think, is, uh, yeah, I just don't don't fall into the diversification trap. Um, I'm not saying put a hundred percent, you know, on a, on a, a penny stock or put, um, you know, take massive risks. I'm saying still handle your risk management, but do not think that diversification is going to save you. Uh, it's not. <laughs> no, interesting. Interesting that you say that, um, because one of the most famous axioms, at least uh, as far as investing is concerned, is diversify, diversify, diversify. Um, interesting that you 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 had a you have a contrary view on that. Um, you know, if I may, how many uh, uh, you know on average and any at any given time, how many positions would you have open? Say in a healthy bull market. Sorry, just on your previous uh, question, another thing that I don't like is Peter Lynch. There's a book of his that everyone recommends. Um, uh, what is it called? Is it um, One Up Wall Street? Yes, One Up on Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> that is the. I, I know a lot of people are going to have a, a different opinion, and that, and that's fine. You know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and my opinion is that book is trash. Um, yeah, do you, you can read it and uh, you can follow it, uh, but that book is trash. Um, yeah, uh, that's my opinion on it. But <laughs> I did it a very long time ago, so I'm not sure if I still hold that, that view, but yeah, I think uh, that book is trash. <clears throat> One up on Wall Street, nah, that's not for me. But yeah, so continue on this, continue on this, um, the intertrades. Uh, I'm in like a lot of shades uh, because remember, I'm not. Not trading, I'm investing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, I'm pretty much in about uh, 50. 50. Yeah, 50 <laughs> yeah, you know, and the irony uh, with and the paradox, I suppose, would be how can someone say, uh, you know, don't diversify and they have, uh, you know, 50 open, open positions. I suppose the, the lesson here is, you know, um, you know, and and I think I, I I did mention this on on the previous podcast when when what I was talking about, you know the lessons that I've learned in the in in in, in the past year, is trading axioms and trading uh, uh, trading and investing axioms don't mean anything without your own personal context without your own uh, um 
uh, you know, your own personal understanding and your rules must just address those, uh, those things. And I suppose, you know, your, your approach, uh, would it be, would I be correct if I say you, you diversify, you know, across running stocks and not just diversifying for the sake of it? Yeah, I think probably yeah, that's more succinct way of putting it is, yeah, I'm not saying ever, you know, it's like I'm not following my own advice, but I think I am <laughs> following my own advice. I'm diversifying amongst winners, um, which I think is maybe that's, yeah, maybe that's the, ax- the axiom we're looking for. Um, I'm not, yeah, I think that when you say, yeah, just diversify as in like get into retail, get into commodities, get into stocks, get into everything. No, I disagree with that. Only get into stuff that's going up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I agree that 100% that it's, you can't, yeah, it's like, it's, it's you can, making like bl- huge blanket statements in trading uh, is not something that we, like you should, should do or you should take to heart when you hear people say them um, because the you know the market will teach you lessons um, uh, that are contrary to these blanket statements so yeah I think also you're right your personal context um, always I think that's it it's like don't blindly follow anyone's advice or blindly follow anyone's um, ideas uh, you need to look at these ideas within your own context and then make decisions based on it yeah, and I agree. You know, a, a, a personal experience I had was, you know, when I, when I, you know, even now I have, I have quite a ton of positions open. Um, even my broker is starting to complain. Um, is that I can't control the frequency at which the market gives me opportunities. If it gives me fifty opportunities at once, I'll take all fifty of them. You know, and and, you know, some people will call that over trading or you know over diversification or whatever the case may be. But within my context, you know, I'm not over trading. I'm trading just within, uh, uh, um, you know, my reasonable boundaries as I, um, as I defi- uh, as I define them. And you know, I I totally totally also disagree with with uh, the, the notion of you must not over trade because in my, at least in my experience, you know, I traded a lot, uh, and as a result, I learned a lot from the market. You know, I had plenty because uh, every stock that you enter to, into or exit into with with a loss of profit has something to teach you. Um, and I have I had plenty of teachers as I had uh, plenty 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 of um, you know you know trades to to take. And, and and circling back into that Peter Lynch book, one up one up of Wall Street, what is it specifically that um, you fundamentally disagree with? You know, fair disclaimer I've never I've haven't I haven't read the book. Um, I, I have it on my wish list. I haven't, I haven't picked it up as yet. What is it that you, um, you, you, you fundamentally disagree with the book, and uh, what's the opposite of 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 that? And you know, how do you? What is it that you think people misunderstand or take away from the book, and you know, put uh, put into into the market incorrectly? Um, well, I think he's. Uh I think it's too complex to start off with um, and too fundamentally based. So, yeah, I, I don't I, like in terms of fundamentals, I don't really worry about news at all. Um, and I think, yeah, that's that book kind of suggests that you should look at the news 
um, yeah, I think another one, one of his ones was uh, pay attention to the companies you use regularly. And I see this on Twitter and a lot of people say it is that, okay, well, I shop at Woolworths. I'm going to buy Woolworths stock. Um, you know, it doesn't, that's, it's all nice to do. And you like, you feel like, I know you feel like a bit of like virtue. Yes, I've, I'm supporting the company that I buy from. Yes, you know. Um, but you know, that's just a fallacy. Just look at the chart. Forget that. If the chart is going down, do not buy Woolworths. If the, if the price <laughs> is going up, buy Woolworths. You don't need to up there to buy there. Another thing is, um, like, people have these, you know, what a virtue signal and, and have these quandaries where, no, they're not going to invest in, like, uh, mining companies because of the environment. Um, and that's like ESG, which I think uh, is a scam. Uh, like ESG. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, like, uh, tobacco companies, gambling, people won't, put money into like uh, Anheuser-Busch or anything because of uh, drink of the alcohol. Um, and well, that's all good for you. Like you can feel morally superior and all, but I don't care about that. If it's making money and it's going up, I'm buying the stock and I'll be smiling because I'll have hundred grand bills to uh, dry my eyes. <laughs> no, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know, uh, Typically, fundamentals are always late, and uh, um, you know, to your point, just because you shop at uh, um, at Woolies or True, it doesn't necessarily make that company a, a a good stock. Doesn't that how you feel and your relationship with the company has nothing to do with um, uh, with its price and how it performs in the market? Exactly, hundred percent. I've just seen it so much. Like I will, I think I started off buying companies I like. Um, it doesn't work well. Uh, they lose money. Um, you know, there's the the market is bigger than you. Uh, you're not the only person buying from there. There's hundreds of competitors to this company. There's hundreds hundreds of different factors that go into this price that you are probably unaware of. So yeah. don't bother about that. Uh, <laughs> another one, another one that uh, he mentions is uh, don't invest in companies with high PE ratios. And you know these. This is a this is a fundamental um, variable uh, in my eyes. Mm -hmm. um, it's not what I call a technical. It's not on the chart, so it doesn't matter. Um, I, I like in, investing based on the dividend that a company pays is not something that I follow. Um, another one is is like investing like based on like capital gains tax and making decisions based on tax. It's not something I ever think you should do. And at the same goes for dividend yield. Don't look at what a company has paid out. Um, this is just, um, this is not advice for anyone. Um, this is just what my thinking and my approach is. Yeah, this number means nothing. What, what matters is the price going up and that I can sell it for more than I bought it for in the long run. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I used to, 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 to believe that dividends are everything. Of course, I, I took a fundamental approach and, you know, I, I tried to pick, to pick stocks that, you know, were fundamentally sound and, and, and paid a, a big dividend. But now that 
You know, I spend most of my time trading. I see these dividends being decimated on, on as soon as they're paid. The stock falls by the dividend amount. So net, net, you flat. And, you know, and if, if, a, if a company is going to pay you a 3% dividend and, for, and collapses 20%, that means you, you net you you have a seventeen percent loss, um, you know as as a result I, you know, say you know like like you I only care about doing the right thing first, which is making money first, worrying about taxes dividends after the fact. Yeah. No. Exactly. So we we touch on uh, on a book you particularly don't like. What are some of your favorite books and and the lessons that you've picked up from from those books? Uh, it's Trading with Rainer's uh, Trend Followers Guide. Mm-hmm. I think. It's, um, yeah, I think you have to sign up um, to his website for it, and then he he does do a little bit of. Um, like marketing and I think you like have to pay for like training and stuff. So that, that kind of puts me off, but, uh, the, what he has is a very good guide. Um, so any question you have with regards to training following, um, and again, use your own context and use your own, um, opinions and thoughts and ideas, uh, when reading the book, but yeah, he's basically hit, nail on the head for everything you need and, and he's a guy who follows the most famous trend followers or traders of all time you know, it's a it's a quota richard dennis jesse livermore you know, i don't know who these guys are but he's he knows who they are and they have he's like followed the kind of summarized all the the great you know simple things that, that can help you become a better trend follower and he summarized them in this book. No argument. Uh, any others? Um, there was a, an older book. I can't think of it now. It's, uh, it's technical analysis. Um, I think it's like it's a really old book. But it's is it, is it technical book. analysis of stock trends, uh, Edwards and McGee? I think so. I think I think so. It's uh, yeah. That sounds that sounds right. Uh, I think that was a book that I think I was just into like reading uh, a lot of books and uh, on trading, and that was the one that I, I've actually finished. So I haven't finished a lot, but that was one I finished, and I think uh, kind of goes through yeah you know, a lot of the technicals that I still use today. Uh, when looking at patterns. Oh, no, got you, got you. Yeah, that, that book is also amongst my, my, my favorites. I haven't uh, gone through its entirety, but uh, it, it is amongst my uh, my favorite. It did put a lot of square pegs and square holes. Have you, but have you, um, do you ever tell people your favorite books on the podcast? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do, but uh, people hardly ever ask me for my favorite books. But um, since you have, <laughs> this is actually the first time someone asked me uh, about my favorite books on the podcast. Um, uh, yeah, well, it would, you mean, and your worst. 
Uh, it would certainly be a uh, How I Made $2 Million in the Stock Market by Nicholas Davis. It's a great book about trend following. Um, the market wizards, pretty much all of them. Um, trading in the Zone. And I think Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas is a book that every trader should read before trading. Um, uh, what else? Uh, how to how, how how to make money in stocks with a monial it's amongst my favorite as well um and then another non trading book which i like i like a lot um when i think traders uh, would benefit from it is the mindful athlete and atomic habits so the mindful athlete is by george mumford um atomic habits by james clear okay I think I've heard of, I see a lot of James Clear quotes uh, on Twitter. And yeah, they're very, very good. Yeah, he wrote a brilliant book on on Atomic Habits. And I think the, the concepts that he uh, um, shares there and the strategies that he shares around uh, forming and building habits and, and you know, unlearning old habits uh, are quite interesting. And trading is mostly a, a, a habit-driven uh, a business. You know, it's 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 a habit-driven discipline, and you know, atomic habits helps uh, quite a bit in that regard. Yeah, agreed. Matt, as as we close, I'm sure you you receive quite a quite a quite a bit of questions on Twitter, um, with with with, with your social media presence. What are some of the most common questions that you get? Yeah, teach me to trade. <laughs> What to do? Um, yeah, I think those are from the common questions, and it's like, I no one's gonna save you. you no, know, don't don't come to me to try and save you uh, uh, from your then just make money from you because no one does that in life. You've got to you've got to put in the time. Um, you know, you've got to put in the effort. You've got to put in the hours. You've got to make the trades because um, that's it. You can you can say a lot on Twitter. Uh, you've got to put the trades, put the money down, and then uh, and the market's going to tell you whether you're right or wrong. Um, so I think, yeah, those are the most common questions. I mean, I mean, you must have it as well. Like people just saying they want they want to be saved, but you know, no one's no one's out there to save you. Um, they're out to scam you. So if ever someone is selling you something, um, you know, with regards to trading, and so many of them on Twitter on social media, you know, painting the picture of the lifestyle, you know, showing the the, the money in the account and the profit and such. Um, and then you have to pay money in to, to be part of this exclusive club. Um, I'm sorry, man, you're getting scammed. Uh, you're going to have to burn, you're going to have to get burnt. You know, you're going to have to do the research. You know, you've read all the books, you know. I haven't read as many as you probably, but, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of research uh, and I've done it, put on, put on a, few, a few trades, and I've learned, you know, that's the only way to learn. Uh, and I think that's, that's the way to go. Uh, yeah, that's my, that's just the, the, main, the main question. Yourself, do you ever get a question? Yeah, yeah, uh, by and large, it's, it's, it's exactly that. Um, it's just like teaching me how to trade. And what, what the pattern that I've, that I've uh, uh, you know, both Facebook, Twitter, and in, 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 in person, what, they, what, what, they, what, what people are really asking me is show me where the pile of money is. They're like, not, they don't want to uh, put in the time, you know, put in the effort. Um, and, you know, to your point, 
um, only the market is going to teach you, you know, uh, books can only take you uh, so far, uh, you know, markets will teach you more than uh, books will. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's important to record your trades because um, if you're not recording your trades, you don't know if you're profitable yeah. in the long run. Yeah. yeah. And also you don't know if you're doing the same thing. You know, from one trade to the other, if 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 you aren't recording your trades, um, and you don't, you we tend to quickly forget what happens last week, but we hardly ever forget what was written down because you can always come back to to, uh, to read those notes. And I think journal, a, a trading journal is one of the most underrated, um, uh, uh p- p- pieces of trading resources that uh, you know. Uh, that that people take for granted. Um, speaking of 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 of, of trading journals, could you, uh, before we close, man, just quickly, uh, uh you know, talk 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 to us about the 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 trading journal that you mentioned, how it works and and how people can 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 use it. You know, I, I want to check it out as well. Okay. Um. Yeah. It's called. It's a it's a website, so you can go on your browser. Or you know, on Google Chrome or whatever. Um, yeah, it's called TradeMate, T-R-A-D-M-A-T-E dot C-O dot Z-A. Um, and it's, it's very much designed around the way I trade. So it's it might not be everyone's cup of tea. It's kind of like um, hard to get the grips on. But once you have, uh, there is like a guide on there on how, how to set up your trades. But yeah, you would, you pretty much would, when you think, when you have a trade or you want to plan a trade, you would um, say enter trade and mm-hmm. then you would just set the stop, uh, set your entry price and then set the uh, take profit or target. And then you would also set your, well, prior to that, you would have set up your account. So each account has an amount of capital uh, in a specific currency. And so when you enter a trade, you enter the um percentage of your account you want to risk um, uh-huh. and then and then it'll just it'll calculate for you how much the quantity to enter based on that um so because it'll get the current price because uh, it's got an api that speaks to um to get the, the end of uh, the current data mm-hmm. and, uh, price. and uh yeah so then it'll tell you how much to enter and then you can uh, just save it like that so you can set the status planned. So it's a planned, uh, so that would be a planned trade. And you can go to your planned trades. Uh, there's like a section for it. And then it'll what it will show is it'll be green if your if the current price is below or equal to your the set price you want to enter at. Um, and then it will be red if it's way too way over. So the, pretty much the move has already happened. You've missed out, just pass on the trade. Um, but yeah, if it's green, then you can enter the trade. You can enter the trade at any time. But this is the approach I take: is I'll wait, I'll I'll plan my trade like the beginning of the week, perchance, um, and then sometimes the stock will pop up, and then I've missed it, um, or I'll enter, um, I'll wait during that week and, and keep looking at the enter, uh, planned trades, and then if it's the price is below that trade, it will be green, and I'll enter it. Um, yeah, and then once you enter, you you put your entry price, your stop loss, and then your the quantity you bought, and then yeah, then that's pretty much it. And then once you finally close the trade, then you uh, put the date you close it, 
you know, the date of entry and then the date of close and then the price that you closed it at. And why, why that's recorded is that I told you earlier the, the amount of days that I, I'm in a trade for mm -hmm. uh, because I've recorded when I entered it, when I exited it. Uh, so, then, so that helps. So yeah. yeah, all that analytics is stored in the journal and then there's a reporting section uh, that you can do after you've made a significant amount of trades. There's like a report section that per account will tell you the number of trades you've made the percentage of winning trades, percentage of losing trades, uh, the amount you've won, the amount you've lost, your average risk reward ratio, and then most importantly, your expectancy. Uh, so what that's what trading with Rainer is all about is your expectancy. So for every trade, what is, what do you what's over the long run, what do you expect to make out of it? And that's kind of the key uh, uh, thing that I'm looking to increase and, and show is, is expecting you know it's positive and good no no got you sounds like a, a a very interesting platform i will certainly check it out trademate.coza um man uh thank you very much for your time and really appreciate it we've reached the end to the show do you have any closing words yeah just a, a few um so yeah thanks for for um having me on the podcast i think it's you're doing a great job i think you're helping a lot of traders out there um, you know that are new and it's not a lot of there's not a lot of resources there for them um, so I think you're doing a really great job so go to villagetrader.co.za um, and you also have your stock picks there and ideas so that's one place to to go to learn from check the podcast out then I've also got as you mentioned earlier in the show um, a website called stockpicks.co.za uh, which is uh, yeah um, you did describe it uh, it's just ideas from you know reputable people on you know twitter and um, in, in the markets that uh, and i think we've got a few you know good contributors uh, that i think you can use if you uh, you don't have you don't see a lot of ideas on on your twitter timeline or if you want your ideas to be more curated then uh, yeah you can just go over to stockpicks.co.za membership is free and then you can become a paid member where you'll get insider info and then finally is howtotrade.co.za, um, very simple website, um, so similar to your trading view. Um, it's just that it's end of day data. Um, and then you can, that's like another one of the products I use or that I've built to use um, is like setting breakouts. Um, so on a chart, you can set your breakout. I know you can do this on trading view as well. I think if you pay the premium price, um, but Joe, you can do the same on howtotrade.co.za. That's what I use, uh, just punting that. Um, but yeah, so those are my punts. <laughs> on the, the podcast, yeah, I think you're doing a really great job. And yeah, I'll make sure to listen to the other ones that you, you have. And uh, yeah, keep doing the, the good work you do. No, man, uh, thank you very much. I uh, really appreciate all the compliments and I really appreciate the... Uh, um, the call uh, uh, on to, to, to contribute on stock picks, uh, on, on stock picks as well. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. That's it for the show this week. Thank you for hanging with us. Be sure not to miss another episode of the Village Twitter podcast by subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. Um, do join Simon Brown and myself on Further the Trader Series live on Zoom. The link will be that. Uh, the link to that will be on the show notes below. Um, do follow me on the socials at Village Trader, um, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. 
uh, and so do subscribe on the video shooter mailing list for some weekly weekly content um and also do follow at uh, uh like i said at the top of the show at how underscore how to trade essay separated by underscore so it's i'll also leave the link to that in the show notes that being said a big thank you to my guest and thank you for listening check you next time on the village trader cheers <laughs>